Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to part three of Mercy Monsters. Brought to you by your host, CK, and his companion Finn, a.k.a. The Wee Man. The following podcast contains themes of fantasy, coolness, sword fighting, along with facts both old and new. All of this served with a familiar dash of humorosity that will continue to increase your chuckle muscles. This is your friendly intro to let you know that if you're not fully prepared to engage your sense of non-reality, then your chuckle muscles will wilt and plop off. Now on with the pod. Well, hello again, my friends. I trust you are well and enjoying life. Welcome to another episode of Mirths and Monsters. And have I got an episode for you? Yes. Yes, I have. That's why I'm here. So, after the relative calm of last week's adventure up at Loch Ness, myself and the wee man, say hello, Finn have ventured into scary, dare I say dangerous territory. For this week's episode, we are heading into the world of... Dragons. So, what's the first thought that pops into your head when you think of dragons? Big scaly buggers that breathe fire and can fly? Or long salamander-style beasties that you see at Chinese New Year and looks as though it wouldn't hurt to fly? Or is it maybe some gorgeous blonde lassie who has raised three dragons from birth and now look where she's got to? All of these thoughts are valid. Okay, my friends, time for some schooling on the history of dragons. There seem to be two main threads in the history of the dragon from two different cultures, which has led us to the imagery and ideas that we have of dragons to this day. Firstly, I'll look at the European side of things. This is related to the Balkans, Western Asian side of the world. Dragons from these cultures were depicted as reptilian with animal level intelligence. This phrase actually confuses me because it didn't say in the wonderful world of Wikipedia which animal. So it would seem the level of intelligence could range from a worm with a head injury to a badger with a PhD. 
The look of the European dragon is, as was mentioned, a reptilian, and it has six limbs, four legs and two wings. You could also add a long prehensile tail, crests, ear frills, fiery manes and ivory spikes. Culminate this with the ability to belch fire and what you have is a Mr. Potato Head of Death. Let's have a pick at the other thread, the Chinese dragon. The Chinese dragon also has counterparts in Japan, Korea and other East Southern Asian countries. These dragons have many animal-like forms such as turtles and fish. Now that to me isn't overly scary. I've never been threatened by either and even I could outrun them, especially the fish. However, the most common form is snake-like with four legs and it's wingless. They are also not known for fire-breathing to the same degree. I think that's a sort of a pun. But the Asian dragons are highly regarded for the symbolism of power, good fortune and strength to those who are worthy. Hence, Chinese emperors usually use the dragon as a sigil to convey their imperial power. If anyone has seen a Chinese New Year parade, there's a good chance you'll have seen the amazing work of the dragon at the head of it. And that is a, let's say, standard depiction of how it looks. There are others, of course, but this is perhaps one that is most recognised. Okay, the next bit to me is by far the coolest. Asian dragons have control over weather and moving bodies of water. It is quite surprising that the national animal of Scotland isn't in fact a grumpy dragon. Side note, the national animal of Scotland is actually the unicorn. No, seriously, go check. I'll wait. Told you. Additional side note, there is a fiction book by the author Tom Holt called Paint Your Dragon. It's absolutely fantastic. It relates to the dragon's connection with weather. It's very funny, very inventive, and you should go and read it. I did a little digging in trying to find the first mention of the dragon, and it led me to a website called theallineed.com. On this site, I found that the first mention of the dragon is in fact way longer than even I thought myself. It's actually from Sumeria in the 3rd millennium BC. Technically speaking, that is ages ago. As I mentioned in the Loch Ness episode, it's actually fun to play with Latin. So Anno Domini becomes Annoying Donkey or Antidorus. However, in this case, BC isn't actually Latin. It of course stands for Before Christ. There have been changes suggested such as BCE. This means Before Common Era. However, this podcast prefers BC to stand for Brown Chickens or Bouncy Castles. You can choose your own and let me know, of course. Back to the first dragon in Samaria, in the year three brown chickens. This dragon is called Kur, K-U-R. Kur has taken the goddess Ereshkigal to the netherworld, so Enki, the water god, has a bit of a rame with Kur to try and help his goddess. A rame, by the way, is a term that refers to fisticuffs. As is pointed out by James Crow, the researcher who did all the work so I didn't have to, 
we don't actually find out who wins the fight or what happens to the goddess Ereshkigal. It's a bit like when your favourite show was cancelled on a massive cliffhanger. Just ask any Joss Whedon fan. So I guess BC could also be browncoat. How's that for niche? As you may have noticed with this short description of the first dragon, it also encompasses a common theme in the dragon mythology. When dragons and a hero go head to head. Or heads for that matter, as some dragons are actually portrayed as having more than one. This can be traced back to the year Two Brown Chickens. The legend of Marduk versus Tiamat and Hadad versus Yam from the Near Ancient East. This follows on into medieval legend with dragon slayers such as Sigurd from Norse mythology and one that is more known to myself, Beowulf, an ancient legend and a god-awful film. For a more in-depth look into Sigurd and the whole Volsung saga, I highly, highly recommend the podcast Myths and Legends, hosted by Jason Weiser. It's excellent. There is one particular man versus beast legend I want to focus on though. That is the legend of St George and the Dragon. So, according to legend, there was a small town in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, no, just kidding. Don't want to be sued. There was a small town that had a tricky dragon problem. It was living in the lake and it had the plague which poisoned the countryside. To stop the dragon from flat out barbecuing every villager, they fed it two sheeps a day, but then they ran out of sheeps. So they started using cattle. Oh no, wait, no they didn't do that. They started using their own children instead. This was done by a lottery system, and one day the king's daughter was chosen. He offered money to the populace, but they quite rightly said to the king, Bite me, your highness. The daughter was sent out to the lake and awaited her fate. It just so happened, it just so happened, that this was the day that St George rode by on his horse, probably singing, Tra-la-la, tra-la-le, what kind of beast shall I kill today? Then he saw the king's daughter looking petrified, so he stopped to find out what was going on. She did try to send him away, but as he was a man, he figured she was just tired and emotional and he would just help anyway. It was when they were talking that the dragon emerged from the lake. As it was sneaking up on George, the dragon trod on a branch, snapping it and alerting George and the princess to his presence. There was a short moment of comical statues before the fight was about to commence. Now, we will return to George and the Dragon, but there is something, my lads and lasses, that I have to tell you about. Something that I haven't mentioned. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. 
like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before is the abilities that have been given to my bike and my sidecar, and by default to the wee man and myself. About 10 years ago, I made friends with Ananansi out in Africa way, when I was looking for some shed antler horns for Finn to have as a chew toy. Anyway, the Anansi and myself got to talking. Turns out the one I was talking to was responsible for creating the sun, stars and the moon. Certainly for this area that we were in anyway. There are more than one Anansi. He decided to bestow a gift upon myself and Finn. I think he took quite a shine to Finn, you see. Now when it comes to creating solar brilliance, you need a lot of time, and he had some to spare. So he gave me some. After a complicated ritual that involved fire, ice and at least three voles, the sidecar and bike was given the power of time travel. Big day! Now, there were stipulations. This was a time machine in the realms of the ghosts from Dickens's Christmas Carol. We could travel but we wouldn't be seen, heard, and luckily we wouldn't interact with anything or affect anything, which is just as well, because I am a clumsy plum. As for the Anansi, he waved us off with a grace and dignity that made me want to learn more and maybe cover in a future episodes. Your thoughts, dear listeners, are always welcome. So here you join us. About to send ourselves back to watch a fight between a dragon and a human known as St George. I've done my calculations, and these should take us to within half a mile of the lake, as long as I remember to carry the one. All I need to do now is get into gear and hit the magic number of 5 miles per hour. I wanted 88 miles per hour, but it was already taken. Here we go! We've arrived, folks. We've been very fortunate and are at the edge of the forest not even a quarter of a mile from the lake itself. I can see the dragon. Oh my word! What a beast! Dark scales cover a giant frame. The scales flash greenish hues as it flexes its spiny backbone. Just leaves me with one question. Why am I whispering? They can't hear me. Sorry, just got into the moment there. There is actually quite a crowd gathered at the edge of the green. Villagers huddled and watching expectantly. I see the king. I'm assuming it's the king, 
unless somebody has chosen today as where a crown to work day. No, 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 it's the king. About twenty feet away from the crowd is a man behind a wooden table, an older gentleman with more lines on his face than lines in a working freight yard. He's clearing his throat and silence descends in the arena. He lifts a bottomless tankard to his mouth. I believe he's about to talk. Let's move a little closer and see what he's saying. Here you join us, ladies and gentlemen, for the fight of the century. In this little village of Slackjaw, we are graced with the presence of two opposing forces. This one is predicted to go no more than two or three rounds. Two heavy hitters, but one with a definite size advantage. In the red and white corner, weighing in at 147 pounds without armor, Silky St. George. And in the on fire corner, weighing in at 21,538 pounds, He's deadly, he's dastardly, here there be dragon. The two combatants are circling each other. Why isn't it the dragon stomping George? This is no time to play cocky. Maybe the plague has affected his animal level intelligence brain. He's drooling quite a bit. At the moment, it looks like a leaky lava lamp is pouring from the corner of his mouth. In the meantime, George is running sight to side, bobbing and weaving to avoid the potential mortal blows that could come at any second. He has realized that there's no oncoming attack. He stops, fixes the dragon with his best holy fighter stare. A stare that a lot of younger men will have tried in the reflection of the pool but they only end up looking like they need a pass a large kidney stone. This doesn't seem to phase the dragon, all this running around and bobbing and weaving, but the dragon's plagued mind, I think, doesn't really know much these days. All he knows is that the people fed him sheep, and then they fed him hairly sheep, and now this... He's watching as the small figure runs to his horse and fetches something shiny, pauses, and then with a mighty arm he throws the shiny thing towards the dragon's scaly head. The next thing the dragon knows is that the ground is coming up to meet his face. Seems like the shiny thing had a lot more to it than he realised. Oh well, thought the dragon. Those hairless sheep were giving me proper gut rot anyway. Then he closed his eyes and went to live on a farm. A remarkable victory for the young saint. The dragon seemed dumbstruck with such a foe and now has paid the final price. St. George will now face Smog and a winner-takes-all match in Middle-earth. Thank you for joining me tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time on Slackjaw Fight Night. Me again, folks. I'm not entirely sure where that broadcaster came from. He seemed to have a little bit of mix of accents there, but hopefully you got the idea. <clears throat> think it's about time I got this thing up to five miles an hour and headed home. 
Okay, fan goggles on, and here we go! We're sat in my living room, slash office, slash study, slash library, slash mini zoo at home. Wee man's twitching on the carpet, in amongst the small pillars of books he likes to have round him. I think he likes the smell. At the moment he seems to be slaying dragons, possibly chasing saints. My other wee beasties are also sleeping, but they are on the shelves. Bobby and Castiel, and then there's little Ray Skywalker, the kitten, all content, cosy, and purring away like tiny engines. I wanted to end the episode on a lighter note than the fight we've just encountered. I was talking to a Spanish colleague of mine, Professor Alba from Zamora. She illuminated me on a long-held tradition that is held in Catalonia on the 23rd of April of each year, known as the Day of St. George, or, the Spanish term, La Diada de San Jordi. And I do apologise, I of course murdered that the way that George murdered the dragon. So on this day, it's tradition for men to receive books, and for women to receive red roses, the roses that have actually come to fruition from the blood of the slain dragon all that time ago. So, from a harsh end, comes a tradition of love and romance. As a follow-on from that, Catalonia exported its tradition of the book-giving to the world, and in 1995, on the 23rd of April, it is now known as World Book Day. I thank the dragon. So for now, my friends, this is all from me for this week. So good night from me, the wee man and the beasties. Till next time, slancha your health. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.